I was just listening to this show and listening to this podcast, and <laughs> it was one of the mob wives as a guest, <laughs> and, and I've never seen that show. I've never watched mob wives or anything even like that. You know, no matter how interested I am in that stuff, I do not go that far. But anyway, it was just, it was another podcast that I listened to, and it happened to have one of the mob wives on. And she's very, you know, her voice is very forceful. Like, I forget how in that environment, like, how forceful someone's voice is. Like, she's, she's like, yelling the entire time. And, I mean, that's what, that's honestly what I like about, like, that sort of person. Like, I mean, that's sort of like, I don't know, when I do voices and things like that, not to make this self-reflective or anything, but when I do those voices and stuff, it's like, that's, there's something really pleasurable about it. Because it's like, you are, like yelling like you are projecting your voice like you are going to be heard like when i think about people like that like they're the sort of people like they don't have a problem being heard in a group of people like even just a circle a small circle of people because if you have a low or a soft voice or you just don't yell all the time if you don't yell all the time (laughs) you know if you're like standing with just a crowd of like four people like people won't hear what you say like you'll go to talk and like people won't hear it and you'll feel like you're talking at what should be a normal voice but it's like just even having like three or four man eh, not so much three i would say like four or five people like once there's four or five people it seems it just gets really difficult sometimes unless you really just do yell and talk over people it's very difficult to be heard and so it's like listening to this mob wife like her voice is so forceful then I'm just like, oh yeah, she, this is somebody who would be heard in that situation. Like, this is the sort of person who would dominate a circle or a group of people trying to have a conversation. And not that there's anything even wrong with that, you know, like, I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, that's just a type of person. A certain type of person is like that. And, you know, some of it's environmental, I guess. Not that, not, God, look where we're going. No, some of it's maybe sort of environmental, Where it's just like, that's how people talk there. Like when you live in the city, like when you live in Brooklyn or wherever it is she lives, it's like, that's how everybody talks. So you just end up becoming that way all the time or something. Or it's an Italian thing. You know, I don't know. I'm not going to pretend I know exactly what it is. But anyway, (laughs) I just had to comment about how how I was just listening to it. And I was like, this is a forceful voice. Like this is not something you normally hear on a podcast. I guess that's why it's so surprising. Because I'm like, oh yeah, I don't normally listen to podcasts where there's somebody like speaking at an extremely high volume the entire time, especially in that forceful New York accent. And of course I love it. I mean, I completely love it, but I just, I'm like, wow, this is the reason I'm noticing this is because people don't typically do this. Um, but she made, she made a point. The reason I was talking about this is she made a point about something that I thought was funny. I'm not sure I entirely understood it, but she said something to the effect of, oh, you know, growing up Gotti, back when, you know, John Gotti's grandsons and his daughter had that show on MTV, I think it was on MTV, VH1, MTV, something like that, where it was just them living. I mean, it was obviously hokey and staged and everything, like, as if I need to tell you that about a reality show. You know, there's still people probably this day and age who are like, did you know reality shows are fake? I don't, you know, they're, they're staged, they're fake. They're on a fake stage. You know, there's people, I think, who still need to point that out. No, I know they do. I know that people still do that because, 
a friend of mine had met a guy and like they hadn't even started dating or anything but like right away when he heard that she watches just shitty reality shows he's like don't you know those are fake don't you know those aren't even real oh don't you know it's not reality you know someone who in 2021 one like cares whether or not cares like the reason why somebody watches a show like that's crazy enough to me it's crazy enough to me that in 2021 like anybody could even have it in them to question someone's reason for watching a given show but then second of all it's just to the, the sort of person too who thinks that people don't know that now like i can see that like there was this window of time where kind of pre-internet not pre-internet but pre-youtube maybe like pre like pre like people making their own videos and shows and podcasts like the period before that when reality shows were really popular like they were something different you know they they were and I am going to get back to this point that <laughs> this mob wife was making about the Gotti show but uh there was a point in time where reality shows like they felt noticeably different like when i look back at the the reality show boom and I don't, I'm sure people still watch them, but like that boom when everybody still got most of their entertainment from TV, because that's a huge difference. Like even though, yeah, there's still girls watching, there's guys, whatever, there's people, this, you mean there's people, you know, there's still people watching reality shows and I hear about it all the time. Like you still hear about The Bachelor, I think, and stuff like that, but, and people are invested in it, but it's like one, like the whole, like, it's like, it's been around so long now that people are just used to it for one. I mean, it's been around as long as like sitcoms were popular when you started watching them pretty much. When you, when we, it's a we. Like when you think about like the period when you were, when you started watching sitcoms, they'd been on for like something like 20 years. They'd been, you know, 25 maybe, I don't know. Like, like sitcoms had like really kind of come into their own a while earlier. Like I think about some of the best sitcoms to me were like the ones, or just shows or the ones from the 70s on Nick at Night. Like Happy Days and stuff like that was the stuff I really liked. Uh, <laughs> here, you want to know all the TV shows I liked as a kid? Um, but, you know, when reality show came out, it was different enough from sitcoms to where it was like, huh, this does seem kind of more real. It's not that it was real. It's not like, oh, this is actually a documentary. And, I'll, you know, I'll make the argument that documentaries aren't terribly real either. Like one, because people act a certain way in front of the camera when they know they're being filmed, especially if it's going to be shown to the entire world. And then two, they edit them. So it's like, you know, documentaries aren't entirely real either, if, in case you didn't know. That's my thing. I'm going to be the annoying guy who tells people that. And you know, not even documentaries are real. Not even documentaries are real, dude. A truer, a truer point has never been. A truer point has never been made on here. Even documentaries aren't real, dude. Nothing's real. But no, the, like reality shows, it's like what they were is they were something that was more real. Like they they were less rehearsed. Like they weren't totally rehearsed. They were less scripted. It was like they they included like just a little bit of reality. Like it, it was real in the sense that people were typically playing themselves. They were being themselves, like they were using their own names. They weren't actually playing characters. I mean, that's that's kind of the defining thing for me with reality shows. It's like even though they were, even though they would have this narrative, even though they would be not just edited but clearly directed, 
it was still like they were playing themselves being themselves but being put in goofy situations basically and having weird invented drama so in that way it's like it was like a sitcom it was fake in the sense that yeah it was directed and there was a it was edited if nothing else but i mean even beyond the editing you know as everybody knows it's like they had writing they had direction but what makes it unique, you know, from sitcoms and all that is just the fact that it was like somewhat improvised and it included like people essentially playing a version of themselves. And at the time, though, it was like you didn't quite know, like there was a part of you, you know, if you were a family, like if your family was like sitting around watching reality shows, new reality shows, and they were new and those they were popular. Like if you were watching those, it was like you got sucked into it because like people get, you know, cause you got to remember this, like. People get sucked into movies they know are fake. You know what I mean? Like people will, like if you ever watch somebody who's engrossed in a TV show or a movie, you can see their emotions like resting on it. Like, like if you look over and, and like, like a girlfriend or somebody is, you can tell that she's hooked by whatever it is you're watching and it's like something suspenseful. And I don't even mean just something that'll get your like heart moving. I just mean something that, it could be emotional. It could, you're just, you're worried about, <laughs> you're worrying about the characters. Because as I'm sure I've said before, it's like most of what movies are is just like wanting to be stressed out for two hours. Wanting to be worried. Most movies are, are you know, when you think about, I guess comedies, maybe not, but just about every single other type of movie that I can think of is just about, oh, we're going to give you a bunch of things to worry about while you watch this. We're going to get you invested in these characters so that you can worry about them. That's most movies in a nutshell. And I think I came up with the phrase on here maybe years ago, stress films. Like you should be able to go into Blockbuster or the you know video rental store. And there should just be a section called stress films, but that'd be all of them. I'm glad I remember that. That was that was kind of a joke of mine for a while, what I just said there. Like, it was kind of like, uh, probably not very funny to other people, but but it was, I've had that one for a while, the stress film section, and it's the whole store. Because that's how I feel. Like, even me, like, I don't get as into movies as other people, like, hence why I don't watch them that much. I don't, I don't say that because I'm too cool for movies. I think movies are cool. They're amazing. I just, I don't know. I just, it's like, I don't want to get stressed out. I don't want to worry for two hours, especially about something that I don't care about. Like, it's one thing if I'm going to be really invested in it, you know, I'll make an exception for that. But it's like, for the most part, it's like, it's going to be something that's like semi boring. That's going to stress me out and make me worry about characters that I don't actually care about because I'm a human, you know, and I got to, you know, I'm not a psychopath. Like, even if I don't really care about the movie or the characters, that I'm probably going to worry about them too. But it's a bored worry. It's what we call a bored worry. It's, it's what we call. It's what we call doing a little bored worrying. It's doing a little bored worrying here. Um, but yeah, with reality shows, it's just funny um, that there was this window of time where they were like new and they were more real. People were playing something, but they were playing themselves. And you did kind of get sucked in. Like, you got sucked into it emotionally in a way. And I didn't watch a ton. I'm not even really speaking for myself here. You know, a little bit. I'm not, I'm not afraid to admit 
to watching some reality shows and things like that. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong about that. Um, it's it's just the fact I, I just simply didn't watch that many. But when I look back, it's like I do remember the dating ones. Like I watched Rock of Love with Brett Michaels. I remember watching that. I watched uh, all the first, at least the first three seasons of Laguna Beach. That might have been all of them. The third one kind of sucked, but those first two seasons of Laguna Beach were just fucking incredible. That's like that was insane. That was an insane time. Like I watched, I think every single one. I think I watched every single episode, at least of the first two seasons. And yeah, it was kind of like a fun thing to be different. It was kind of fun to be like, to be able to tell people that, you know, it's like one of, it's like a jewel or something. It's like, oh, and it's, and it's like one of those things where it's kind of like, oh, I bet you didn't expect that from me, did you? Oh, you, it's like somebody being like, oh, I didn't expect that big muscular bodybuilder with tattoos on his face to have a, a pink poodle. You know, like doing the unexpected thing. Like it was kind of that, like I'll readily admit. I mean, this is, this is when it was on. This is probably like 2005, 2006 or something. But, like, I'll readily admit there was a part of me that kind of liked being like, oh, yeah, you know? Oh, yeah? Well, I watched Laguna Beach. And that, I bet you didn't expect that, huh? But, no, I genuinely got into it. I, I genuinely enjoyed it because it was just, it was perfect. It was, like, really actually very boring. So it, it, I did do a lot of bored worrying when I watched it. But it didn't even really make you worry that much. Like, I remember describing it to somebody... Like I told, like I was talking to somebody about it, and they were like, "Why'd you? Why would you watch that? It's fake. Why would you watch that fake Laguna Beach?" You know, so somebody probably was saying that to me, and I was just like, "I just said it's ambient television, because that's what it felt like. Like Laguna Beach to me felt like being in a hotel lobby with just like a dim light on, but it's light out. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why that combination came to my head. It's light outside, but there's a dim light on too. I guess. I guess that would be typical. You don't go into a hotel and they don't have the light on inside, even if it's day out. Of course, they have it on. So it makes sense. No, that, maybe that's maybe the fact that I had to just do that math there of why that made sense is exactly why I like Laguna Beach. It, it is that atmosphere. Laguna Beach is like going into a hotel room or a hotel, maybe kind of a hotel room, maybe too. You're on your way to your hotel room. And yet it's just like a dim light and it's daytime and you're in California, you're in Laguna beach, but it's just like this, it's like not pleasurable because, you know, as a fan of some ambient music and stuff, like that term has a positive connotation for me. Like when I heard, when I hear the word ambient, it's positive. I like ambient things, but you have to recognize like it's not, there's not always positive ambience. Like sometimes it's just pure, um, indifference. Like, and that's kind of what Laguna beach is. It's like, you don't, you don't even really worry. It's like, it's a, it's a bored worrying show, but then you don't even end up actually worrying because you don't really care. Like these kids go through all this drama constantly. Of course, that's what the, the show is even about. But like I, when I watched it, I was like, oh, I don't actually care. And like caring is supposedly the reason why you'd watch that. But for me, it wasn't. It was, it was like, I don't care. And that makes me like this. And because I just liked the way that it was like this perfectly stylized. It was like almost like Abercrombie and Fitch put to television. And I guess I like things. I like seeing people who live really good lives. 
like seeing these kids, like their lives seemed really perfect. Like the girls were all blonde. You know, they lived in this really wealthy area of Southern California. I'm pretty sure Laguna Beach is one of those. I mean, I think the whole idea is that it's a rich kid place, you know? And some people like hate watching that. For me, I'm just like, this is like a fantasy world. Not that I want to be those kids or live their lives, but just that environment where it's like everybody's wealthy and you're on the beach in a warm climate. I mean, I've just, I've never had that life. So to me, I think that's one of the reasons why we, us fans of the show, watched it. You didn't really worry that much though. You were just kind of like, yeah, there's stuff going on and I, I'm, I'm paying attention to it, but I don't actually care. I mean, it's kind of like what my life's like now. Like the way that I watched Laguna Beach then is kind of like the way I feel about the world itself right now. Who would have saw that coming? It's like a microcosm, macrocosm, as above, so below. The same way that I once watched Laguna Beach is the same way that I watch the whole world now. I'm, I'm going to hold on to that one. If somebody asks me a question and I don't want to give them a straight answer, that's going to be my response. It's going to be my weird, vague, poetic response. Like if somebody needs something, somebody needs something from me, if they're like, oh, can you help me do this? I'll just, I'll, there'll be a pause and I'll just be like, the way that I used to watch Laguna Beach is the same way that I watch the whole world now. Get committed. That'd be a good reason to get committed. I'm worried about him. I'm wor we're worried about you. We're worried about you. He's, did he say the Laguna Beach thing to you? Yeah, so the guy, did he say that Laguna Beach? It's between us. Uh, did he say that Laguna Beach thing to you? Because he said it to me, and I heard he said it to some of you. I'm proud of that one. Kind of feels that way, though. Like, because, I mean, sometimes I do get kind of riled up, I'll admit. And sometimes I'll do it. I'll, I'll, when I get riled up, I'll rant in, into this thing. But for the most part, like, I, I've just been, I'd say for the last, like, two years, just kind of solemnly observing the state of the world. Just, like, hearing about different events, hearing about things I, I like, hearing about things I don't like, especially things I don't like. Because there's so much that is agitating. Hence everybody being so goddamn angry all the time. Um, but there's so many things that are agitating. Where you can just feel like the roots of that growing up in you. But I have to admit. Like I just kind of look at those things these days. For the most part. And it's just. It's like, yeah it's like watching Laguna Beach. In 2005. Because you're just like. You're like. There seems to be some kind of drama going on, but I don't quite understand it. Like, there seems to be something going on, but, and I'm watching, but I, I'm not, I don't even really remember what caused the problem. Because that's like what Laguna Beach was like. It's like, there'd be some drama between two of the girls over a guy every time. What else would you expect? Um, but there was some kind of drama between two girls, like almost every, every, and it was ongoing for, for like episodes and I mean, seasons. I mean, I think the whole thing was just about, that's kind of what it was. It was like, there was some perceived slight or something early on in like one of the early episodes. And then the rest of it is just like this slow moving wave in and out of whatever caused that, that initial drama. 
it just like ebbs and flows. It shows them like having a great time in this really shallow way. It has them like occasionally, I mean, it's, there's obviously no sex or anything, but like a couple times it'll have like a couple, like go to the same place for the night and then it cuts to morning, you know, cause it was teenagers and it, it was all that. And this shit's so weird too, cause it doesn't really end. doesn't really leave. Like I saw an interview with Jay Cutler yesterday, the former uh, Chicago Bears QB. And he was married to one of the girls from Laguna Beach. You know, he was married. To, he might still be. I don't know. They had a, kids together and everything. Uh, and Jay Cutler, like, you know, everybody just thinks of him as a doofus. I did too. I don't know what to think of him now. He didn't bother me in this interview. That's where I'm at. I'm watching freaking Jay Cutler interviews. <laughs> just, just hit me right now. Like at the time, I, I almost didn't listen to it. Like last night, it was last night. It was last night. But uh, I almost didn't listen to it because I was just like, eh, do I really want to listen to an interview with Jay Cutler? And I put it on and I kind of tuned it out for like half of it. And then when I tuned in, it seemed like, I don't know, like when I tuned back in, it was just him talking about how like he feels like he can say what he wants because he has enough money tucked away. He was asked that because I, I didn't even realize it because I wasn't really paying attention. But I think he's doing some kind of like, he must be like openly... Um, Pretty much openly not a Democrat at this point. I mean, that's kind of how things are going. Like, if you're not openly a Democrat, you're basically suspect, is how it seems in any public media sphere. Um, it's really just gotten to that point. Maybe, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me, actually, if he's anti-vax or something. He seems like a guy who might be anti-vax, so maybe that's what it is. But anyway, when I tuned back in, it was just like Adam Carolla asking him, like, oh... Uh, so are you at that point now where you got, like, fuck you money? So you're at that point now where you, you think you can just, you know, you got you got some money squirreled away? Even though that's not Adam Carolla's voice, like, I swear that's exactly what he said. He said something like, you got any of that, uh, you know, fuck you money so you can say whatever you want? Or, you know, you got some money squirreled away for that? You know, I feel like those are his words, squirreled. I don't, and I'm not, you know, I actually like Adam Carolla. Um... Probably just formative shit, like watching The Man Show when I was a very young teenager and being like, oh, this is cool that I can just watch this. You know, it wasn't, I mean, I'm not even a fan of the guy himself, but just like at that age and like Love Line, I mean, Love Line was cool too. I didn't watch a ton of it, but I don't know. I, I could, you know, I feel like if, you, if you're around the age I am, you were like young enough to where that guy seemed like an old guy who was just kind of like goofy, but cool. That's my Adam Carolla review. And it is it is completely based on how he seemed at the time. <laughs> but anyway, the same way that I liked Adam Carolla then is how I see the world now. <laughs> I'm just going to start using that for everything. But anyway, Jay Cutler, like, I, it turned, yeah, it's kind of weird timing, like, thinking about Laguna Beach. I didn't even plan that. What got me thinking about Laguna Beach was reality shows um, from from a mob wife. So it's kind of a coincidence that I was watching Jay Cutler last night because that's, you know, that girl's like the second girl, the girl that came on the scene second, uh, he married her, which is amazing in and of itself. Like, it's amazing that a girl, because that show was what they would say, hella popular, you know? 
I think I can say that about Laguna Beach. There was hella popular. I think that's probably the first time, I swear, that's probably the first time I used hella. It easily could be 20 years. I honestly think it could easily be 20 or a little more. 20 and change, as they say. I think I think it could have been 20. And, uh, you know, say hella if you want. It's none of my business if you say hella. I just don't think I've personally said that in a long time. I think that was one of those things that I said out loud when I was like 13. And I realized how stupid I sounded. And I never said it again. <laughs> I, I think that was something that I tried to say because people were saying it. And I was just like, this is, I sound so fake saying this. But anyway, Laguna Beach was hella popular. I can say it now. Maybe I should start saying it now, but no, Laguna Beach was like hella popular. That's the last time I'll say it, but hella po dude, Laguna Beach was hella popular. Dude, do you know that show, Laguna Beach? Yeah, it was hella popular. It was a hella popular show. <laughs> Almost sounds good that way. But just the fact that it was, like it had spinoffs. That's amazing to me that it wasn't just that that show took off and I was one of the billion viewers I even watched that with a girl and everything, like, and we ended up making out. It was the third season, so it wasn't. I wasn't missing much because the third season sucked. <laughs> if it was the first or second seasons, you know, I make out afterward. Can we make out after Laguna Beach is over? Tell you know you're gay. Um, no, I remember like making out with this girl while Laguna Beach season three was playing in the background. It was crazy. It was like really early in the morning, like late at night, early. And it was just like watching like shitty because it was like that's the thing is it's kind of like the last season or two. I think it was the last season of Friday Night Lights. That's like the only other show like that I've watched. Friday Night Lights though, like that's not. I cared about that show. I did a lot of worrying. I'll get into that in a second, but um, I'm not ready to talk about the worrying, the bored worrying of Friday Night Lights yet. But no, just last thought on Laguna Beach. Um, <laughs> last thought, uh, it became very popular. Like, and those girls ended up like being real celebrities. Like, they ended up being. I don't know what they're like now. Like, aside from the one being married or was married to Jay Cutler, I don't know what Lauren's doing. I don't know what those dudes are doing. They're obviously probably doing something. Like they're probably on social media or something. Like they've the weird nostalgia factory too. And something I wanted to say that I completely got off on, got away, got off on, got away from earlier was just that like like reality shows were like a hybrid between sitcoms and what we have now, which is like people making their own shows, like the webcam YouTube era. It basically eased us into that which became more real. But again, like in the same way that a documentary is not truly real, like a kid who puts on a YouTube show is fake as fuck. It's like I'll fake as fuck. <laughs> you know, it is though. It's like, like I, when I saw what, like when those first round of kids actually got famous on YouTube and I actually saw what they did, it's just, it's like the fakest shit in the world. Like, it's not just like a real person's life. And I'm not even, this is probably some, this is like, I'm probably, what I'm doing right now is once again, probably the equivalent of like, did you know reality shows are fake? It's like, yeah, of course, these kids who were making like jump cut videos where they were like, cut, you know, these like fast paced, like cram all this shit into five minutes. 
for short attention spans. You know, like like me even just commenting about that is probably like to somebody that shit's probably not even popular anymore. First of all, I guess TikTok is popular, which is TikTok is like those those kids who are making like those crazy fast paced like jump cut zany youtube videos and they became like teen stars like that first round of kids like what they were doing then seems like just normal and conservative now compared to like these tiktok videos that you see where it's like theater kids and they might not even the thing is i've heard someone else say that like these tiktok videos that make their rounds because i don't have tiktok but like i end up seeing them people share them online you can't really avoid them anymore these days um and it's like, I've seen people be like, oh, God, these theater kids, like, oh, God, these, have you seen TikTok? These theater kids, are, they, they just, they're looking for so much attention. It's like, uh, people tend to think they're theater kids, and I'm sure some of them are. Like, they're definitely that type. But it's like, I look at them, and I'm like, I don't even think these are theater kids anymore. I think just having this, this form of self-expression, like, because, like, even, like, you see what people post, like, you see the videos that people post, these embarrassing videos that people post, but then you remember that they're also making videos all the time that they don't post. Like, people like that are just filming themselves doing things all the time. Like, those girls who do these dances on TikTok, like, think about how many times they film themselves dancing and, like, if they don't look good or if they, if it's goofy or it's just, or they just don't decide to release it. You know, like, think about how often that happens. And then, and then they're also posting ones that they do like share with the world. And so it's like, it's, it's not just that people are making videos of themselves. They're doing it all the time. Like think about how many pictures you take or take of yourself for that matter that you don't end up doing anything with. And we've never had that before. You know, we've never had that ability. Like when you had to take a photo of yourself with a film camera, with a film camera, it's hard to say with, you got to take a photo of yourself with a film camera. It's not like you can actually sit there and take infinite numbers of photos of yourself. It's not like you can have it with you everywhere. It's not like you're going to take pictures of your face in a, in a lobby, like a, you're at the doctor's office and waiting in the lobby. Like you're not going to take out a Kodak camera and like start snapping photos of your face. For one, because it's blatant, and then two, because it's just like weird. And but when you have a phone like this, like you can seem like you're even just looking at your phone like a normal person and be taking photos of yourself. And people do that all the time. People like a big part of the way they express themselves is just like if they're at the DMV, they just take a photo of their own face and share it with everybody they know and maybe say something and maybe they don't. You know, it's it's one of those things where they can just share that face. And that's insane. Like the idea of being able to do just that. And you that's not something you did. You couldn't just take. And so the point I'm getting at, though, is that like people are comfortable on camera and they're doing a lot of antics. And what they're doing is actually practicing. So like I don't even think these are all theater kids doing this. It's very easy to see like what they do with their eyes and their mouths. They're not like emulating what's taught in theater class. They're emulating each other. It's like when that study came out about, um, not even a study, it's, I, don't, I, don't, I don't even know what the heck it is. It just came out that like all of these girls across different parts of the world were developing tics. And like, you know, uh, not Tourette's, but they were developing like tics and, and things like that. You know, verbal tics, you know, physical tics. And then it turned out that like during Coronavi, they were all watching this 
YouTuber or this TikTok star. I think it was a TikTok star. What we call a TikTok star, you know. I think it was some kind of TikTok star who has that or does that. Like he just makes videos of himself doing that. And these people, especially girls, were watching all of his videos and watching him do these tics. And I don't know if it ever said anything about whether it started with them like purposely emulating them. Like they were purposely doing it to see what it was like and then just like kind of like a version of like if you keep making that face in the mirror it's gonna stay like that like that childhood threat you know i don't know if it started with them doing that being like oh i wonder what it would be like to do that i don't think it did though i think it was just from them watching it i think it was just purely psychic psychokinetic because that's what that is it's funny like the, the way i saw it presented was like can you believe this like this mystery is unfolded. Like, girls are watching videos of this young man, and he's in some foreign country, which makes it that much more insane. Like, young girls are watching... It's like a new, an old news brief. Like, young girls have been watching this young man in Europe. He has facial tics. After hours and hours of watching these on their TikTok, the girls have developed it. You know, it's... That's the way it was kind of presented. And it's like, well, what you're talking about is just, it's psychic. It's psychokinetic. And I think they did probably just absorb it. It probably was just osmosis. But it shows you how impressionable people are, like physically, you know, to, to be watching these. You've watched so many videos of this guy with a tick that you start having that tick. So all of that's just crazy. You know, it's it's bizarre. And then people are doing that themselves and they're learning how to make these like performative voices and some of these TikTok videos you see like the way they're talking is so fucked up that's the only word i have for it you know you know i'm not i'm trying not to swear as much these days but i'm trying not to swear so that when i swear it feels more meaningful that's what i'm doing but that's what it is like i like i watch these videos sometimes and i just see glimpses of them because i i don't indulge in these because i think it's mentally psychologically bad for me Whenever I see one of these videos of what people are putting up on TikTok, I know immediately that it is psychologically bad for me and it's fucked up how they talk. Hi. Like, they, they all have this, like, I can see why people say theater kid because they have that style of delivery, but it's combined with this anime angle. It's like, the, it's like remnants of the old theater kid. Well, I think like that, that has to have changed over the years. Like, every other kid has changed. Like, I, I doubt there's the standard theater kid like there used to be. But they've kind of taken, like, the remnants of that. Like, they've these kids have taken, like, the ruins of that. And when I say kids, I mean, these, these people are young adults in a lot of cases. Or even, they're even I, I see people that are older than that. Uh, but uh, I see people, people who are my age and older... Um, but it's like they've taken like the, the ruins of the old theater, the old theater kid. And they combine that with this like, because they're this generation that grew up where anime was just here. Like it wasn't something that you could only get on dubbed copies in a social club basement in New York in the 1980s. And I'm saying that because I saw this article about that that was amazing and it had photos. And it was just like a bunch of guys exactly the way you'd imagine them. I think I might have talked about this. And, and they couldn't get, they couldn't even get the videos. Like they couldn't get actual anime videos. So they would daisy chain VCRs at the anime convention in New York City. And it was the only one, it was the first one. 
and they would daisy chain VCRs and that's how they would get copies of the tapes and they, and they would certain guys would import merch and these guys would go and spend all their money there it was incredible and so you used to have that where anime was literally underground like there was se- the convention was underneath i think it was either a social club or a church maybe they did it at both because i mean they did this yearly so it's this ultra underground i mean they might as well have been selling porn they might as well it might have, it might as well have been like the movie 8 millimeter when he goes to these like underground triple x video swap meets you know it might as well have been like that except it was just anime and one of the guys even like became the chief among them because he made a video he made a music video just by dubbing tapes where he used clips of these different of this different anime and then he was able to set it to a certain song i can't remember what song it was and so he made the first he's credited with making the first anime music video and he did this just yeah by like daisy chaining vcrs and like hacking it together and then finding a way to over overdub music over it so it's like this guy and he became like this alpha among them you know he's this freak honestly but like he, he became this like alpha among this group of guys and then so flash forward where every single kid is watching like american anime saturday morning cartoons between like i, I first remember noticing that maybe in the mid 2000s like pokemon i think had been on tv and popular and that's sort of what started it but there reached a point where i started to notice that like more children's cartoons that were on tv looked like anime than not and not all of them were anime but they were in that style it was like that became the new style of even american cartoon shows and uh so this is an entire generation that grew up on that so like what i'm <laughs> the reason i'm talking about that is because like they've integrated that that like growing up on anime personality that's just built into them now or like anime isn't just this niche interest it's something that was just normal to an american kid so they that's like in their brains in the same way that like some of the stuff i watched growing up is in my brain still that is in their brain and you know you combine that with a theater kid you combine that with like a just this bizarre like socio pathic like internet persona like not even sociopathic but just like shark-eyed it's like like just this like shark-eyed attention whore you combine all of that and it's like that's a strange new type of person and then a lot of those people too make political statements like they'll sound like an anime character and like make drama kid faces while like dancing around in this highly rehearsed, like you can tell they've rehearsed this way and they'll say something in a really cutesy voice, but it'll be like, I'm going to cut a Nazi's throat and spit in his eyeballs and rip off his face. You know, it's like, it's not, it's not how they sound. It's not what they sound like. <laughs> but they'll say these like really like violent and aggressive things that are often political. I mean, I, I mean, a better example would just be like, it's like, if you vote no on abortion, you're a fucking jerk. Yeah, I, they don't sing like that. I don't know why I have that. It's because I can't do it. I don't have drama kid in me. No matter how many voices and shit I do on this show, I do not have any drama kid in me in, in actuality. My voices are just pure... I, it's just a, a pure mental de- deterioration. Like I have enough holes in my brain and for every hole in my brain, I have voices I do. Um, 
but no, uh, it's like I can't even do it. Like I, all I can do is do like a really embarrassing sing song, like I just did. I can't even do this anime theater kid rehearsed, and it's rehearsed. Like I said, that's the thing; they're on these videos all the time. So, I mean, what's interesting is like what got me into this is just talking about how like we transitioned from. We transitioned from sitcoms, which were more real than like being in a theater. Sitcoms were more real in a way than even movies. Like sitcoms were kind of like, we're going to put somebody in a home. And a lot of them, you have to remember too, that a lot of early sitcoms, like the characters were actually playing themselves. Like Lucy was playing a version of herself. Ricky was playing a version of himself. They had a kid on the show who was playing a, like a you know, a real version of, of their kid. Like he was playing Lucy and Ricky's kid and their names in real life were Lucy and Ricky. So it's like they were playing a version of themselves. It wasn't that far off from reality TV. It was more scripted. It was more rehearsed, but it wasn't that far off. And it was them living in their home and going to work and then having funny things happen to them. And so reality TV was basically, let's take a sitcom and kind of pull it apart a little bit. Let's loose. It's basically like, let's loosen up this sitcom. If I was a, a TV executive in the year like 1998 and we were planning to get into the reality TV business, I would have said, it's like we're uh, taking a sitcom and uh, loose. we're just going to loosen it up a little bit. That's kind of what they did. That's kind of what a sitcom uh, a reality TV show was. It was like tugging, just pulling the strings. Like, like let's say, yeah, I don't know. No, me- we don't need any metaphors about sitcoms. I just caught myself there. <laughs> but uh, just loosening. Uh, why? There's no better way to say it than just loosening up a sitcom a little bit. Where it's like we're gonna take people, but they're gonna be slightly more like the real them. Like, imagine I Love Lucy. Like, you can even imagine I Love Lucy as a reality show. Like, they wouldn't have had to take it that much farther to make it a reality show. Like, yeah, she couldn't have cried the way she did to the extent that she did. But it's like if they just downplayed thing ever, downplayed everything ever so slightly and just made them seem like they were really going about their lives a little bit, like, they would have just had a reality show. And so that's why reality shows were popular is because it's like, oh, this is kind of like a sitcom, but I'm kind of convinced it's real because I don't really know better yet. And we're just learning about what this new thing is. And they're t- they're, it shows you the power of words where just because it was called reality TV, that kind of convinced some people to give it a chance as reality. Like it's not so much that people were completely tricked. It's more like they were just willing to give it a chance and say, huh, maybe this is real. You know, I'm not convinced. I don't really know how it works. And then that got into, I already went into the whole thing about like the state we're in now. But, you know, people did start making webcam videos and stuff. And it's like, I don't think people, I don't think people in 1990, let's not even say 1990. Let's even say like people, I don't think people in 1995 for that matter, 1997. Like, I think my family got the internet in 1997, like a really slow, primitive internet. But like, I don't think that in 1997, even having like the internet for the first time, that people would have been ready for youtube stars and like people making their own videos i don't think people were ready to accept that i think we had to transition into that from reality tv in a lot of ways i think that it's like you couldn't just jump from like the old system straight into people making their own videos it's like you kind of had to go through this transition where it was like we're going to call it reality tv it's going to be more real than a sitcom but 
it's also not real. But then we see where like kids making these videos. That's not real either. They they get up to stuff. And then what we've seen with podcasts, because like the appeal of podcasts, like podcasts kind kind of came on the heels. Like yeah, YouTube shows are still popular as far as I know, but it's like podcasts kind of came on the heels of that. Where it's like oh, we can we can tell you're kind of sick of like this these this YouTube star routine. And it took a few years. Like podcasts came out, but it took a few years, and then all of a sudden it was like oh, this is what people want. And of course, podcasts had videos. They have videos. Most of them do. So they're basically just shows. And the, and the appeal of them is that they were talk shows. They were unscripted, like unformatted talk shows. Like the best, like the reason Joe Rogan's podcast got so popular so early on was because it was just people making it up as they went along, having a conversation. Like sometimes two people, sometimes three. In those early ones, there'd be like four guys. It would just be like an assortment of friends. Sometimes he would have, you know, like some sort of guest, some sort of special guest, something like that. But for the most part, it's like you were just going to get an off-the-cuff conversation, and it was going to go on for a long time. It was going to go on for at least an hour, if not two or three, with some of those shows. So it's like that was the appeal of it. Is it's like, oh, just hearing people talk and bullshit is actually way more attractive than watching like teenagers do jump cut videos. Or like guys pour bleach down their mouth. Like people just kind of realized, oh, what I actually want is to just hear people talk. But then what we've seen with podcasts is they've gone more and more back to like traditional style shows. Not just that they've upgraded their microphones, because like it makes total sense. Because I mean, if you watched podcasts early on, their equipment was terrible. Like even people who were famous, like everything sounded like shit. Nobody knew what they were doing. If they did have video, it was very grainy, like webcam quality. You know, it was not pro, and that's what made it good, though, because it was like it truly was just like somebody hit record on a single mic or something. You know, it was like the, just the cheapest arrangement available, and that you know that was part of the appeal. And like, I don't blame people like that for getting expensive equipment and like microphones and better cameras and stuff, but. If you've noticed, like since podcast has gotten very popular over the last few years, like they've actually just started emulating real talk shows. It's way more like the, the way they set up studios and stuff. It's like they're basically and they kind of treat them that way. It's it's much more treated like a traditional talk show. They've gotten a little more linear. So it's weird in a way that it was like, oh, we're the alternative to talk shows, but you know what? We've actually just become a lot more like them with time, like because that's what being a professional is. Being a professional means just eventually becoming a normal talk show, and I mean they're not totally that, of course. Like they talk about a wider range of subjects. They're obviously not as censored and things like that. But it's just funny that the format itself has started to feel that way. It's inevitable, though. I think. I mean, it's like if somebody's only able to do something that's very primitive, they eventually are like, "Well, yeah, but what would it be like if I did it?" If it was something like more sophisticated, like we got nicer equipment or we tried to kind of like set it up in this pro way. And then it's like when you do that for too long, I feel like you start thinking, you know, I wouldn't mind just like stripping things down a little bit. It's just like that human thing where you just you just got to have contrast every you know, it's, it's the reason why. Not just that cars change the way they look every year, but it's the reason why cars have this like substantially different style every decade. Like I always use the example of like, oh, a car has squared off edges and then 10 years and they kind of do some variations on that. 
And then by 10 years later, the next model of that car has rounded edges and people are like, have you seen it? Oh my God. Have you seen the new Nissan? Oh, it's the, people are like flipping out about it when all they did is just round the corners. And there's going to be about 10 years of that. And then they're going to do a boxy shape again. And people are going to be like, dude, it's just that game of contrast, you know, and it's, it's good marketing. It's, I think it's also just what people want. So it's inevitable to, to me that like, People who made like primitive podcasts and got popular that way would just be like, you know what? What if we did just get nice mics? You know what? What if we did get like a studio where the person comes and sits in like a, a guest chair and, you know, we, we sell products and, you know, it, you know, it's just inevitable. I think that things go in that direction and they go back too, because people eventually, I think, kind of want something more stripped down. Um. I know I had something to say about another... Oh, Friday Night Lights. You know, I've talked a lot about Friday Night Lights on here. But one thing I did want to say about that was unlike Laguna Beach, which, like, I didn't even really experience that bored worry. I didn't really experience that much worry when I watched Laguna Beach. I was just kind of like, oh, something's going on again, and I, I don't understand it. That was... I think that's what it was on Laguna Beach, is that, like, when the drama on the show was so subtly done that it was like you didn't know what was causing it and they didn't seem to know what was causing it, but it was affecting them to where they were making like weird glances at each other at parties. But nobody ever, the viewer and the people on the show never really seemed to know what the drama involved. And it's almost like they edited it out. Like normally, you know how like a show like that, like a reality show, it's like they only keep the dramatic parts. You know how they make reality TVs? They just film people for a really long time, and then they they edit out all the boring parts and just show the drama. Like Laguna Beach felt like the opposite of that, where it was like they filmed it all, edited out all the drama, and then you just ended up watching like the tension from the drama for like six hours straight, you know. But with uh, Friday Night Lights, like that was a show that I got invested in. Like, I, there was a lot of bored worrying going on when I watched that. I wasn't really even bored, though, but it was just, there was a feeling of, I mean, there was there was something going on. Like, if you're watching Friday Night Lights, I was smoking CBD when I watched that. It was like a CBD that had, like, just enough to where you could barely feel high. Because now that weed's legal, you can buy things like that. Like, you can buy, like, a certain kind of weed where it's, like, it's CBD, but it's, like, 0. 0.6 and if you just like take enough hits of that, you'll feel like slightly high, but it's gradual and manageable. You know, I went through a phase of that and I was playing, I would just sit there playing guitar, watching Friday Night Lights over and over again. And I felt myself getting sucked into it, especially once again, like those first few seasons. I don't remember how many there were, but it was a good, I mean, it was a bored worry, but it was a good bored worry. What we call a good bored worry. But I want to return to what I was talking about at the very beginning, what got me thinking about reality shows in general, which is this this mob wife talking about growing up gaudy, which I watched a little bit of. I don't think I saw that many of them. And it was before I was into the mob stuff, so I didn't even really care. I, I knew who John Gotti was. It, this was before Jersey Shore, though. This is like the, the interesting thing about that is like those kids were hip for their neighborhood, like for kids who lived in. I guess Queens or Long Island, probably they probably lived on Long Island. Like for kid, like like kids like that from like a mob background who weren't mobsters who just had money and like clout and and like a reputation. Like 
they were probably like the some, among the first Guidos of that generation. Like that idea hadn't really hit the mainstream yet. Like gl- you saw glimpses of it. You like you would see glimpses in places like where it was like, oh, the guys in New Jersey or in New York are like like, like the young Italian dudes. They're like sli- they're like spiking their hair up, but like slicking it back in this really weird, like almost like an anime hair. Like that's the crazy thing about those Guido haircuts. It's like it really looked like they were trying to look like Go not Goku, but uh, I don't know the names on Dragon Ball Z, but like the guys who have like the sp- the hair that's like spiky, but like slicked back and up like it's like this big spiky they looked like anime characters which is amazing guidos did guidos looked like anime characters i can't believe i never thought of that before uh <laughs> but it was like I, I honestly i don't think i'd really seen anything like that before growing up Gotti came on like i didn't live out in that area maybe i got glimpses on something but you didn't really see that on the internet yet and then you see these guys and like once again they're the type of people who are yelling as they say everything. And you could tell it's real. Like you can tell that John Gotti's grandsons are like that mob wife I saw where they're always projecting their voice loud and out. And so it was that sort of attitude the entire time, just them yelling. They all have this, I think what they called like a fanned out or I think they called it a blown a blowout. I think that was what the haircut was called. And yeah, just like this total Guido look from that era. And I don't think they were late adopters. Like, I think that they were probably among the first. Because, like, those kids, like, they're gangsters' grandsons. Like, they're connected to people. They're hip. They have money. They go to clubs. It's like, they were probably among the first people to do that. And they were some of the first people I saw. And so that was fascinating. And then people understood that that was something that they could kind of exploit and be like, I think there was an MTV True Life episode about the Jersey Shore and it had kind of a little bit of that element and then they decided to do the show Jersey Shore which I watched a bit of like my girlfriend at the time and I watched I think the first season of Jersey Shore you know I wanted to see it it was all me you know I think that's a that was a good couple show like if you, need, if you needed a good couple show whenever that came out that was a good one but I mean like and there's a reason why that shit's fascinating like why those people were fascinating like if you're from where I'm from there's nobody like that around here. There was one guy in my high school that was kind of like that. Like he was going, he was Greek, but he was going for the same thing. Like he had that same haircut before anybody else. And he tried to act like a tough guy, but nobody took him seriously. He was just some rich kid, you know, he was a rich kid basically. Um, he was just some kind of rich kid, just basically a rich kid. But, uh, like, so you didn't really see that where I lived. And so to see these people on TV for the first time and just be like, wow, like what they're doing is outrageous. They look like freaks. Like, yeah, they look stupid. But like to me, it was more weird than it was stupid. In the same way that they looked like anime characters almost. You know, it's like it was more weird than it was stupid. It was almost like beyond judgment. It was just like, I can't believe what they're like. I can't believe what they're doing can't believe there's guys like that like that's such like a, a style it's such a subculture where like you and all your friends get this same blown out haircut like covered in gel it's like spiked and slicked back and long because on that growing up Gotti show it would show them sometimes without their hair done and they just had these like mop tops and it looked fucking weird it was like 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 <laughs> i don't even know it was just like yeah these this like almost like long hair Like, almost like somebody whose mohawk is down. Like, if somebody doesn't have their mohawk spiked, if it's wet or something, how it's just like, you're like, oh, yeah, it's just like 
long hair on one part of their head. That's kind of how these Guido haircuts were when you saw them without gel. Like you'd see those guys get out of the shower on the show. And I feel like half the show was that. I feel like half of growing up Gotti was just like one of the three sons with a towel around his waist getting out of the shower. It was just kind of, and I'm sure it was like guys like that shower like constantly. They're into like cologne and hair gel and like showering twice a day. That's probably why. Um, but, uh, because you can't, yeah, you can't go to bed with that shit in your hair. I mean, I guess you can, but those guys like to style it fresh. So they're taking a lot of showers. Never really thought of that. Having that hair means taking a lot of showers. At least like a guy with a mohawk can just like glue it up and he doesn't care if it gets clean. But if you're a guido, it's like you have to wash your hair every night and get that shit out. Then you have to probably take a shower when you wake up and like blow dry your hair a certain way. Like it's very involved to get to make yourself look that way. Like I'm upset just like having to get ready enough. Like it's hard enough for me to be like, oh man, like I've got to like look just normally decent. Like I've got to brush my teeth. I've got to like put deodorant on and like put clothes on. That's enough for me. Like it really is. Like, yeah, we all want our hair to look good. You know, we all want to like wear wear clothes that make us look good or whatever, but, uh, or that are comfortable, whatever your motivation is. Like, you know, we all want to do that, but that's enough for me, honestly. Like I can't fathom the idea. And I'm not even saying it's a gay thing. I'm not even saying it's a woman thing. I'm not saying it's a gay woman thing. I'm just saying like on a, a sheer matter of time, like I don't judge somebody for putting like tons of time into putting makeup on. I don't judge a Guido for like, in you know, 15 years ago for like spending all morning, like taking showers over and over again and like blow drying his hair and then like probably spending like an hour styling his hair and doing God knows what. Because sometimes those guys wore makeup too, I found out. Not surprising. Um, and they they put all sorts of shit on their skin. Like they always have like some sort of like lotion or like they just they do so much to themselves. They 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 put so much into themselves. And I mean, again, though, I'm not even judging them for that. I'm just saying I can't imagine adding that to my day. I cannot imagine adding that much time to my day just to do that, just to look that way. So the whole thing is fascinating. Is my point. But this mob wife was like she brought it up in the context of she's like she was like that was before social media. Like they were the first who like imagine if they had had social media, which is actually an amazing thought. Like it's amazing that those guys were doing that pre social media. Like growing up, Gotti came out definitely before the social media boom. Maybe even pre MySpace and stuff like that. Like it came out early on and. You know, they're like, that would be such a different show if those brothers had, if the Gotti kids had Facebook. Like if those guys were, were acting that way, which they would be on Facebook or, or uh, Instagram or YouTube, it would be just such a different beast. But because they were on this early reality show before people had smartphones and cell phones, it was just weird. Like now it seems like everything is the way they are. Like not Guido's, but it just seems like now is every, like now everything has their energy, and I think that's what this mob wife uh, Ramona was getting at. Shooting mob wife Ramona. Um, I think that's kind of what she was getting at. She's just like it's crazy that came out then, growing up Gotti, and that they it was like before social media. Before she was saying like before Jersey Shore, and it was kind of people's first taste of that kind of thing. 
And I'm like, you know what? That's a darn good point. I want to talk about it on my podcast. So you never know what idea is going to get transplanted into your head. Like maybe that's maybe what you're experiencing right now listening to this is my version of like girls watching a dude and getting ticks because he has ticks. Maybe like my version of that is hearing this mob wife talk about growing up gaudy, like being the first. And now I feel the need to talk about it. This is my tick. It kind of feels like a tick now that I think about it. It does kind of feel like something I can't control. Amazing, though. You know, it's just amazing. I don't know, because, I mean, I'm at a place right now, just to close this out with, like, a, some self-reflection. I'm at a place now where it's like, I'm just, I'm just like, sitting here and I'm like, okay, shit, things feel fundamentally weird and different. Like, I, I don't even know. I'm not really paying attention to the news. Like, I, I briefly got a glimpse of something about Alec Baldwin, like, shooting somebody to death on a movie set. And I'm like, I don't even need to know what that's all about. I saw, like, comparisons to Brandon Lee and The Crow and all that. So it's like, obviously, it was like a misfire. I don't, I don't need to talk about it. <laughs> I don't need to talk about it. But I, I, that was just one little dose of news that I was introduced to in the last day or two. I don't know what else is happening because, yeah, it's just we've kind of entered. Like, I, I have so much on my plate. I've been focused on so many things. I've been spending so much time, like, writing these articles just while I have the time. That like I, I've kind of tuned everything out and I'm just, and it's like fall has fully set in. Like it's not just that late September, like fall is here, but it's still not completely here. It's like we're deep into fall. It's cold out. Time is moving fast. And I'm just like sitting here kind of thinking like, what the fuck? Like what the fuck it just happened? Like what kind of, you know, what is the state of the, what what is... <laughs> like where are people's minds at right now? Like I talk to people and everybody's kind of, the people I talk to seem to kind of just be doing what they've been doing. I kind of feel like that's me in a way, but in general, it's like, like just the way I feel about the world right now. Again, maybe the phrase that I used earlier is perfect and it'd be a good way to close this out, which is the way it used to feel watching Laguna beach back then is how it feels to watch everything right now. That's honestly a pretty good description of how I'm feeling about everything. I'm kind of like, it's, but it's even more boring. It's like, it's almost like if you took Laguna Beach and removed all the characters. And I'm not saying like, because there are no people. I'm just saying like, it's like that. It's like, instead of like cutting out all the drama, it's like if they just cut out all the dialogue. And so now you're just seeing people stand around and there's no lines even being spoken. Like that's kind of the way everything feels. Not that that's how it actually is. That's how it feels. Everything feels like the way watching Laguna Beach 15 years ago felt. But watching everything feels that way now. But you know what? I don't know that that's even a bad thing. I can think of a lot worse things than that. This land is mine God gave this land to me This brave, this golden land to me 
sun reveals her hills and plains. I see a land where children.